0: Hey, I tell you, the damn road hammer. I was looking a good road hammer, and you go to a hardware store. I use a little road hammer down there next to the skyhook. Road <laughs> hammer. Now, long talk to you about the road. Hammer.
1: This reminds me of when I used to have a CB. That's what the guy sounded like all the time. Have a listen to the road hammers here, folks, on the Drew Marshall show for the first and last time. a road
0: man, a load
2: man 18 wheels and a serious plan Ain't nothing gonna go
1: getting out of Sure there's not Paul Brandt?
2: The Sounds like but it's not All will guys like All guys the like
1: that all all the I'm gonna do it, I'm fire. gonna echo it, here we go Well I'm
2: Bill Don't sing <laughs> Waste time Please, Waste time, time. Tearing
1: a strip off the white line A white a line man. Hey, Shannon McNevin is on the show with us right now, folks. He's the co-founder of Boots and Hearts. He's like the nicest guy in the world. I don't know anybody that hates him, except the lady sitting beside me, Laura Dewar. <laughs> hey, uh, Shannon, what's going on, man? Not too much. How are you guys doing? Where are you? You are in uh, the United States of America, and you are at some music festival. Is that right? America. Yeah,
2: I'm, uh, I'm at Bonnaroo in Manchester, Tennessee.
1: Now, is that a British festival? Chim Chimney, Chim Chimney, Chim Bonnaroo? What is that?
2: <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a big, one of the largest music festivals in North America. just started here, and it's uh, crazy.
1: I would actually call this, this, this festival would be the inspiration for Boots and Hearts, would it not?
2: For sure it is, yeah. It's, it's literally 80,000 people camping in a field together for four days, and wow. uh, out of nowhere becomes the lar- like, fifth largest city in Tennessee for the weekend.
1: Um, Shannon, uh, do you know the name Lara Dewar? Do you know that name at all? <laughs> hey, Shannon. Uh, do I? <laughs> hey, Lara. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> oh, jeez. You guys having a moment here? This We're is. We're gonna. You have awkward.
2: the whole show. <laughs> Total love fest here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, folks, this is the guy. Shannon is the former hockey player who started Boots and Hearts with no money, no experience, and no musical talent whatsoever. Well done, Shannon. <laughs>
2: Thanks. That's uh. Yeah, I guess the odds weren't for me at that point.
1: Now, when it says it in in your <laughs> in your in your bio or on the on the website, it says Boots and Hearts is the largest country music festival of its kind. What does that mean? Of its kind?
2: Uh, well, camping camping country music festival. So obviously, this Calgary Stampede is is enormous. Um, but there's no camping, and and it's it's not set up the way. Ours is uh, with the multiple stages and stuff. So, technically, it's a country festival, so we have to uh, say of its kind.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a three-day celebration of country music where music lovers of all genres can escape from the rigors of daily life, band together with thousands of other country music fans, and compare dental work.
2: What an explanation. That was well said, Drew.
1: I like that. Listen, (laughs) the first three years included uh, appearances by these people, uh, Carrie Underwood Tim McGraw Kid Rock Lionel Richie Sheryl Crow Alabama Paul Brandt Big and Rich Kevin Costner Modern West Jason Aldean Rascal Flatts Miranda Lambert Dirk Bentley The Band Perry Dean Brody Jason McCoy Toby Keith Luke Bryan Blake Shelton <laughs> Hunter Hades Gore Bamford Emerson Drive The Road Hammers And even Duck Dynasty But there is one name In that group That stands out for me Like the Sesame Street song One of these things Is not like the others Lionel Richie? <laughs> How can you not like Lionel Richie? He fits anywhere. Uh, no, I like Lionel. I've been to a Lionel concert. I watched some guy propose to his woman at a Lionel concert. And uh, and it, it was schmaltzy, and I get it, and the love songs. And it's amazing how many Lionel Richie songs we know. Even Brick House was his song by the Commodores. But I'm telling you, Lionel Richie at a country music festival, I don't know. It's kind of like... The Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. Really? Oh,
2: you'd think so. That year, believe it or not, he brought out uh, a duet album called Tuskegee. And it was a, a country duets with all the top country stars of his music. So we thought we were getting a country Lionel. And instead, he just showed up late and walked on stage with no warm-up and sang just a straight-up Lionel Richie set. <laughs> <So> there <it> was, <laughs> was nothing country about it, but
1: it, uh, he had a big country album that year anyway. Oh, that's too funny. Well, my first year there was when you had uh, Duck Dynasty there, and I thought, well, "What's um, um, Joel O'Shea said?" Uh, he, you know, uh, Shannon's g- giving away some uh, some tickets to some people he thinks you know have a voice or a platform or influencers or whatever, and and they couldn't find anybody, so they so asked they me. So they asked you, and uh, so I went to ch- I went to check out uh, Duck Dynasty, and I got all set to kind of rip these guys a new one, and you know, I thought they were going to be all you know, ultra-American Jesus-y kind of stuff. And they were really stinking good. Mm-hmm. Right, Laura? You were there. Yeah, they were really good. And then I had uh, one of the Duck Dynasty guys on the show, and he was good. Jace, that was his name. And uh, and I'm impressed. Who's doing the Jesus thing this year? Uh,
2: it looks like Jason McCoy is, actually, from the Roadhammers. So that was a fitting opening song. Wow. wow. And, um... How did
1: you know that, Tim? Well, yes. Way to go, Tim. I have ESPN. Nice. <laughs> he has. He in into ESPN, ESPN Weekly. Um is, well, explain to people what this what this uh, gospel thing is, and and why the heck you do it. Like you don't need to do a gospel thing, man. Come on.
2: Yeah, it actually came from the festival in that right now. It's uh, if you've ever been to a festival in camp for the weekend, nobody has any fresh food left on Sunday morning, and nobody very rarely did you budget well enough to have any uh, any money left on Sunday morning. Um, so that's you know, and generally at a country festival, a lot of the people have been uh, partying a lot. So, the next morning, uh, on Sunday morning, they generally are hurting, and uh, they've been looking forward to this for months, and all of a sudden, it's almost over, and they have no money and food left, and so we thought it'd just be an awesome way to serve them when they actually needed it the most, and what we're serving them, talking about what inspired the whole thing. Um, so, it's cool. It's definitely not a beach-over-the-head-with-the-Bible kind of situation. The whole idea is that somebody from a place of vulnerability, shares what faith means to them and what it's got them through. And so it's been pretty neat watching different people interpret that with Paul Brandt and Mike Fisher the first year. Uh, And then, like you saw, Duck Dynasty. I wasn't sure what we were going to get every year, but everybody found a really vulnerable way to talk about what it meant to them and why.
1: You know, you've brought the word vulnerable up a couple of times, and I think that's pretty important because um, I think the opposite of vulnerable is preachy. Would you not agree? (laughs) Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody wants to get preached yeah. at, so when you come at it from a position of vulnerability and you sort of just share from, again, uh, I, that position of vulnerability, I think it reeks of authenticity, and it's just a great way to open up a spiritual can of worms, and that's what you, you guys do at Boots and Hearts on Sunday morning at... Yeah,
2: at 11, and it's a free breakfast, so we uh, we serve the first, depending on the year, five to 10,000 people free, uh, a free breakfast, which is pretty awesome with Youth Unlimited, so it's a cool way to... To give back, connect with them, and in the worst case it's free breakfast.
1: In best case, they actually connect with what's being said. Man, you serve thousands. What do you serve them? Loaves and fishes? <laughs> dun, dun,
0: dun. Shannon
1: could serve loaves and fishes, but he doesn't want to show off. Right. You know? Yeah, because he, he doesn't have a Jesus complex. <laughs> Not at all. No. But you're you're you've got your own God story, right? I mean, are you able to give us the reader's digest version of, of the God stuff?
2: Yeah. I mean I guess Cliff Notes would be um, yeah, my parents, I guess my by family, I guess as a whole. My parents got saved and older brothers got saved when I was maybe 7 or 8.
1: Oh, hold on, you're um, talking to the listeners who don't have a, a lot of our listeners don't have a clue what the phrase got saved means.
2: Sorry. So, yeah, so literally we uh I had a younger brother who uh, was a year younger than me and was totally healthy and during the birth the doctor put the epidural in my mom's spine and the baby died. And through that, my family who went to a united church uh, went to their ministers being like, you know, what the heck's going on or how to make sense of this, and the feedback they got was, well, I guess that was just God's plan. And so naturally that caused a bit of a divide, and for a while we just didn't go anywhere. And um, then my parents found this crazy church uh, that they my dad was like, we're not going there, absolutely not, any church for that church. And uh, we ended up going there. I, I guess I was about eight. So at the time I, uh, I went because I was eight, uh, and everybody in my family went. So I had to get in the car and— um it probably wasn't until, well, 21 or 22 at university that I wondered why I still went to church um, if I wasn't going to be living that way, and uh, I guess through the next, like, three to four years, really kind of found my own relationship with God in uh, in a bunch of different ways, um, and I think probably the weirdest or hardest part has been trying not, you know, being able to accept it, because I'm a performance-based guy, and I think I have a performance-based society, mm. so it's pretty hard to accept sometimes that... You're no further away from God when you're sucking at life than you are, you know, when you're serving at a food bank or something.
1: Yeah, really well said.
2: Cliff notes of my story anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, uh, now that we got, we've talked about Boots and Hearts, we've talked about uh, your, your God stuff, let's start name-dropping. Who are the coolest people you know?
2: Joel <laughs> <laughs> La,
1: La- Laura <laughs> dua Lori. Uh-huh. I knew Drew yes. Marshall, I yep. met him once. Yep, 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 uh-huh, yep, nice job. <laughs> no, you hang out with cool people, man, I mean, come on, like, did you and Lionel uh, have a little chat, did you, you know, do you and um, the Duck Dynasty guys, did you compare facial hair patterns or anything, Nothing? L- Lila and I had a moment. We definitely, uh, the Duck Dynasty
2: guys were the most manly men I've ever met, and I can't grow facial hair other than like a really awkward mustache. So <laughs> we didn't have a lot to bond over. But, uh, no, it's fun. That's definitely one of the cool points of what we do is to be able to be around these people, and uh, and you realize, obviously, every time you're around them, they're way more normal than you think. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you're disappointed in celebrities because you assume they're going to be... I do somehow you assume they're going to be extraordinary in some way. And they're so ordinary, but yeah. Um, yeah. And thankfully growing up with, uh, with my middle brother, Trevor McNeven's the lead singer for a band called thousand foot crutch. And, uh, so growing up with them, in my mind, he was a celebrity growing up. He's my older brother. and You know, there'd be like 500 kids at a church come to see him. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, he's so famous. <laughs> and, um, that's uh, growing up. I thought that's what it was. And, uh, so it's been kind of funny now that he's doing, you know, a lot bigger things. Um, you i guess kind of realize that pretty quickly that they uh they go out on stage and and have their brand and they definitely share their message in their hearts yeah. uh, but when they come off stage they're more human sometimes, and more hurting than the, than the people around them as they tour around and have to try to make sense of how, what normalcy looks like touring, you know, 200 days a year.
1: You know, I, I've thought this this situation through for many years, and this is I've strategized this whole thing. So my plan is to be an absolute idiot on the radio so that when people meet me, they expect me to be an idiot and therefore are either not disappointed, because I am, or, or they're pleasantly surprised. Do you see how that works?
2: So you said the bar exceedingly low yes. in the hopes that you All clear that it every All about delivering
1: on expectations, huh? That's it, exactly <laughs> right, man. Exactly strategy. Right. <laughs> well, listen... That uh, is way smarter than I thought. That's <laughs> right. So. You have no idea how many times I've heard people say that to me. <laughs> okay, so I was going to promote bootsandhearts.com, but there's no point. The stupid thing gets sold out every year, man. What the heck?
2: Yeah, that's really humbling we got uh we've been sold out the last two years six months really but for this year we uh we had an allotment of tickets we gave to SiriusXM xm uh for their subscribers and it was a big allotment and so they ended up having uh having some left. so we just put them back on sale last week actually so anybody who the secondary market tickets were like 500 bucks so don't buy them um and there's still some left, so if you want to go and grab them uh yeah, there's not a lot left, but there's enough left uh, for the next week or so. Anyway. This
1: still a big plug for BootsAndHearts.com. Yeah, uh, I can't believe that worked out like that. So uh, the thing is, man, if you get a bigger park, you can sell more tickets. Is that not the Economics 101 of this?
2: Yeah, so we did. So this year we got a, we have a new festival site um, that, thankfully, our majority shareholder, Stan Dumford bought it, uh, which was crazy, a huge investment, and uh, he's turned it into a, like, literally looks like a, like a manicured provincial park, it's pretty crazy. So now we have a capacity for seventy thousand people, but we uh, we need to figure out how to get there. So the first year we're capping it up forty thousand, and we'll try to grow it every year.
1: Wow, well, good, awesome. good, good. I I I wish you the best uh, for this reason only, Shannon. You know, I hung out. I didn't really know you. I said a quick hello at the uh, at the uh, Boots and Arts Festival that I showed up at to see Duck Dynasty. I didn't go there to meet you. Um, and then I, we 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 met each other at the uh, the Jesus Music Award ceremony. I don't know what it's called. The CMA GMA GMA's right Hel- held at the Taj Huntley and we sat at the same table. And you brought a you brought a hockey friend of yours with you, James Reimer. James Reimer, whose yep. wife is a really nice human being i know james is a nice human being everybody loves james reimer well not everybody but you know everyone, he's a nice guy but just he married a nice person because normal really normally really really nice people marry jerks right no they're both very nice people. i know this is what i'm saying and incredibly sincere <clears throat> yeah what, what? Toph, cause
2: if they're really really nice comparatively the person it's hard for them not
1: to seem like a jerk right Exactly. <laughs> what next to Drew? So okay, just leave me out of this conversation. My point is Shannon that I have t- tried to find dirt on you and I've tried to h- talk to people and get negative stuff on nobody can say anything bad about you. Nobody. I have not met a single maybe Casey Clark can say it trashes you once in a while. You think Casey Clark does that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You know you know what the
2: you know what the trick is. From like 18 until 28, go to another country.
1: Ah, that's what I've done. I've left... (laughs) Flee. I think it's called fleeing. I've done that twice. California (laughs) and Australia. It really does help the reputation. It does. Especially when Australia's full of criminals, (laughs) right? Yes, yes, that's right. Hey, listen, Shannon, I wish you the best, man, and I hope it just goes off without a hitch. I know there's always a hitch in these kinds of things, but I just hope they're minimalistic. And say hi to that guitar-playing monster machine for me, whose name I can't remember again. (laughs) Tim, what's his name? The player this year. The head guy. Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley. Yeah.
2: And the road 80s. Yeah. Wow. You're,
1: you're a huge country guy, huh? Huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, last year, i got to share this real quick. Last year, we had... No, it was a few months ago. We had... Um, uh, this guy in. Shut up. We had the it was Pleasant Valley. What do they call High Valley. High Valley. High Valley. Pleasant Valley is the retirement home that they... Yeah. They're from. I think it's a salad dressing. (laughs) 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 Anyway, we had High Valley on the show. And I'm talking to them about uh, Paul Brandt because that's how I kind of know them. They opened for Paul Brandt. And so I'm slagging Paul. I mean, just slagging him. And and the guy from High Valley, the main dude, I can't remember his name. Obviously, I can't remember anyone's name today. He's just you—you you can hear him sweating on the other end of the phone. Mm-hmm. He does not know how to take this because I'm just taking the Mickey out of Paul Brand. This song he's got—he's got a rap in it, and you know why would he—you c- c- know—screw up country music like that? And he says he's a Christian, but you know I'm not oh, sure. You you know. didn't. Oh yeah, I'm totally slagging him. And so he's struggling and struggling and sweating and sweating, but he won't—he won't take the bait. And finally, I go, well, Paul, you're right. Everything you said about this guy is true. He's a good guy, man. And Paul Brandt was listening on the phone while (laughs) I was doing that. Yeah, it was good. (laughs) That's kind of mean, actually. (laughs) Anyway. That's
2: yeah, uh, pretty funny. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't accidentally hang up or like, hey, I can't hear you, Drew. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like Chris Jericho did. Yeah, Chris Jericho did that to me. Anyway, um, listen, all the best. I've been trying to say goodbye, uh, but I like you so much that it's been hard. So goodbye, goodbye. goodbye, Shannon McNevin. Goodbye.
2: Bye, Shannon. See you soon. Bye. Hey <laughs> guys. Thanks for having me on. Sprung from cages on high.
0: Sick of your pastor, minister, rabbi, or imam preaching every single weekend? Want to get rid of them? Then it's time to give them the Cranberry Village experience. Look, we all know they deserve to get away from you for the weekend, but you need to give us the inside scoop. So to nominate your pastor and their spouse to win an $1,800 weekend away at Cranberry Village, simply go to drewmarshall.ca and click on the man being thrown from a cliff. Then fill out the form and explain why you want to get rid of your pastor. Then on July 25th, we'll randomly draw the winner, which means that the more individual submissions from your church the greater chance of your pastor winning this. A getaway for two at Cranberry Village, which includes a two-night stay at the Living Water Resort in a one-bedroom condo. A round of golf for two with a lesson from the golf pro. Spa session for two. Dining for two at Memories Restaurant or Agua Tapas and Wine Bar. Bicycle rentals and boating for two. This prize package is valued at over $1,800. But wait, there's more. We'll also read the top 12 stories during our shows in July. You know, the stories that made us laugh, cry, or stand in awe of your pastor. Then we'll randomly draw from these 12 stories on July 25th and the winner with one of the best reasons to get rid of their pastor will win this. A getaway for two at Cranberry Village, which includes a one-night stay at the Living Water Resort, deluxe room, plus one of the following, a round of golf with cart for two, a spa session for two, outdoor bicycle and marina experience, or dining for two at Memories Restaurant and Agua Tapas and Wine Bar. This prize package is valued at over $500. Let's be honest, it really is time to get rid of your pastor for a weekend. For more information, go to drewmarshall.ca and click on the man being thrown from a cliff. Remember, the more individual submissions from your church, the greater chance of your pastor winning an $1,800 weekend getaway. At Cranberry Village in Collingwood. Submissions will be accepted until June 30th, 2015. One submission per person.